When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Bears fans to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host for today, William Ingalls, and I am bringing you the Week 11 matchups uh, for the Bears game on Sunday Night Football against the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously a big game, uh, finally coming off of a long-awaited win. Uh, The Bears now have a chance to really put themselves back in the hunt with a win against Los Angeles Rams. And obviously they're going to need at least some sort of help between the Seattle Seahawks, Minnesota Vikings, uh, Dallas Cowboys, those types of teams. Towards the top of the standings, uh, Carolina Panthers as well. But, uh, you know, they have to do business on their end first, and that's win a game, get back to 500 at 5-5, five and five, and then you, you go from there. But here's five matchups that I think will be very important for them to make sure they get back to 5-5 five and five and really kind of uh, try to start their run uh, to be in the hunt for that last wild card spot. So here we go with matchup number one, Cody Whitehair versus Aaron Donald. And when I look at this, it's hard to signify exactly one player that uh, the Bears are going to be single-handedly targeting to put on Aaron Donald. The reason I say Cody Whitehair is because I really think that with with last week's struggles at snapping, and there hasn't been any indication to tell me that they're changing the lineup back to have James Daniels snap and uh, move Cody Whitehair back to guard, I think what we saw last week is what we'll see this week. But something interesting with that is uh, last year when the Bears played the Rams, this is the lineup they had out with uh, Daniels at guard, Cody Whitehair at center. And they did a really good job of containing Aaron Donald as far as a big play uh, kind of stat-wise. So it's interesting to see that they're going back to kind of what worked last year, at least when it comes to uh, the lineup with blocking Aaron Donald. Now, I think for the most part, I, I imagine Donald may line up around uh, Rashad Coward. I'm not sure. I, I, Wade Phillips is someone who likes to move his guys around, kind of like Chuck Pagano does for the Bears. But overall, that point of attack uh, from the center position is going to be absolutely vital. Uh, hopefully, Matt Nagy kind of brings back that I formation we saw against Los Angeles. I think the, the Rams could also be susceptible to some yards up the middle with that. 
Uh, sometimes the best way to run the ball is to attack the best player. I, I've seen that a number of times. I think the best way to attack the Bears' defense at sometimes is to run right at Khalil Mack because there's not as much help sent to that side just because they expect him to be such a force and contain that edge so much. You know, and I think the same can apply for Aaron Donald. They don't send as much help towards his gaps because they just kind of expect him to be that force that people know him as to this point. So 21 total tackles on the year for Aaron Donald, six sacks on the dot and two forced fumbles. And it's really funny because people are calling this a down year for Aaron Donald. So it just tells you how amazing he is as a player. It's going to be a team effort between those three interior guys, most likely when it comes to blocking Aaron Donald. But Cody White here is my guy just because I can imagine Wade Phillips trying to run some stunts and uh, hopefully get a couple bad snaps out of Cody Whitehair because he's thinking about pressure packages and how to pick up line stunts. So that's why I have this matchup lined up the way it is. Cody Whitehair and Aaron Donald. Uh, a good old trenches matchup to start up the Week 11 matchups. Moving on to matchup number two, we're going to stay on the offensive side of the football. We're going to have Allen Robinson versus Jalen Ramsey. And really when I look at this, obviously it's one of those situations of best on best, but it's kind of a situation of do the Bears even want to try this matchup? Because for me, I just don't see I, I don't see the benefit um, a whole lot. Obviously Allen Robinson is by far and away the best receiver on this offense. It's a receiver that clearly Mitchell Trubisky has a lot of faith in targeting. But when I look at the rest of the roster for uh, the Los Angeles Rams, I, I, th I look at Troy Hill, I look at uh, Roby Coleman, I, I just don't see a lot of great corners outside Jalen Ramsey. And I know Jalen Ramsey's kind of had a down year, but for me, I look at our other weapons like Taylor Gabriel, I look at Anthony Miller, I even look at guys like Ben Broniker, you could even start trotting out guys like Javon Wims. I, I think the Bears have plenty of talent that they don't need to target a best-on-best best matchup. You know, don't play to the Rams' strengths. I mean, this team has kind of been ravaged in a lot of ways by the trades of their general manager. So, you know, Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib were obviously the big names in the secondary about a year ago, and, and they're, now they're no longer there. So take advantage of that lack of depth because of the trading away of a lot of draft capital to bring in big names and sign big names. So if you ask me, I'm targeting the other players. And I know PFF says that Ramsey's the worst corner on this secondary and actually the worst player on this defense as far as the starting lineup is concerned. But to me, I'm going to be using my other players on this field. I know the success Robinson has had this year. I'm not seeing you completely shy away, but I'm saying you'd be very cautious. I'm not using any of those three-step drop, you know, quick slants. Those are kind of the plays that uh, Jalen Ramsey has been making a living off of for a while now. I'm not trying that off my back foot uh, drop in 34 yarder that Trubisky had against the Lions. This isn't the Lions, this is the Rams, and this is Jalen Ramsey. Frankly, I'm probably staying away from him for the majority of this game. But that said, if, if Trubisky and the Bears do decide to target uh, Jalen Ramsey, uh, that it'll be absolutely a matchup to watch because it's two uh, great players going at it. But like I said, I just don't see the reason to when you have so many other weapons and you really, if you ask me, have a relatively um, shallow depth when it comes to corners uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. Now, uh, switching to the defensive side of the football, I have Buster Screen versus Cooper Cup. Uh, really, when I look at this, uh, I was talking about it earlier, this, this, uh, this matchup for the most part is pretty similar. Uh, on both sides of the football, outside of the corner depth we were talking about earlier, and when it comes to the Rams' offensive side of the ball, it's relatively similar, except for the fact that they have Cooper Cup this year. Uh, the Bears uh, kind of got lucky without playing uh, the... It's kind of like playing the Bears without Trubisky having Robinson to throw to, 
playing the Rams last year without Cooper Cup is kind of like uh, is very similar uh, as far as what they are to the offense and what they are to their respective quarterbacks. Cup this year, 58 grabs, 792 yards, five touchdowns. He's the heartbeat of this offense. When there's a play to be made, that is exactly where Jared Goff is going to look each and every time. And lining up in the slot, that's not exactly an I It's very hard to defend from the slot. You've heard me talk about this up and down. Buster Screen has ultimately, if you ask me, lived up to a lot of those challenges from the slot position. You know, even though Keenan Allen was, uh, you know, coming back from an injury, I think Buster Screen did a really good job defending him whenever called upon. And frankly, I think he's done pretty good for the majority of the year. Now, this is all about avoiding dumb penalties and avoiding big plays. We can take, you know, we can take the four to seven yard dink and dunks that the Rams might want to do. You know, we'll let them drop back. We'll let Khalil Mack, we'll let Leonard Floyd, we'll let our guys, you know, go after them as far as a pass rush standpoint. We'll let our linebackers try to read some plays and we'll let our safeties try to read some plays. You know, we'll, we are willing to let them take a bunch of snaps because they, to this point in the year, they really haven't proved they can consistently go down the field and score. So to me, for Buster Screen, it's about avoiding big plays. It's about avoiding big penalties. It's about kind of keeping to what he's done this year, playing really solid. Uh, no giant explosive plays, no giant gambles. Just do your job. Make sure Cooper Cup's not getting any breakaway plays and let us uh, line up for another snap. Obviously, you want to deny throw, break up the pass if you can, but, you know, it's a guy like Cooper Cup. Just keep him contained. I think this is a game that will be relatively low scoring, so just don't allow that big splash play that could change the tide of the game. Now, moving back to the offensive side of football, uh, we have Mitchell Trubisky versus Eric Weddle. And obviously, um, I had some choice words for Mitchell Trubisky last week. Uh, well, choice words uh, that are acceptable on a family-friendly podcast. Um, but last week, I think we saw the flashes again of what Trubisky can be in the NFL. I think this is a relationship between him and Nagy. I think it's a relationship between Trubisky and himself, you know, when it comes to confidence. You know, he finally got... You know, a pretty decided win uh, under the primetime lights, you know, provided that was against Washington. I think for Trubisky, that's that's kind of all it takes. It takes some sort of uh, proof on paper for him to kind of get into a groove, get into a rhythm. And I think that will be enough for him to at least, in my opinion, shed at least the primetime spotlight, you know, talk, or at least in his mind. Now, the thing that I have him on this list and the reason why I have him going against Eric Weddle is that when Trubisky does miss, he misses high. And when he usually does miss high, it's across the middle of the field. And when you look at his game last year against Los Angeles Rams, those misses resulted in interceptions. And ultimately in this game, like I said, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be relatively more or less a boring game to watch. Just because I think at this point, both these teams are a little bit scared. And I understand why. You know, you came into the season with a lot of expectations. Now the entire country's watching you and what might some people might call the disappointment bowl. Uh, you, you just got to be able to run your offense for the most part. Don't take any big chances. Definitely avoid those overthrows across the middle of the field because at the end of the day, Eric Weddle is going to be waiting. He's made a career out of this. He's made a career out of allowing quarterbacks to just kind of throw him the football. You know, I, I think earlier in his career, obviously, Eric Weddle was really great at breaking on the ball, really kind of one of those center fielders um, you know, around the early 2000s along with Charles Woodson, a couple of those guys. But, sorry, Charles Woodson when he moved to safety. I know I'll get some mentions in the comments for that. But, you know, overall, I think Eric Weddle at this point is kind of someone who's reading quarterbacks and allowing them to throw the ball to him. He's not exactly the the type of person who's breaking on balls the way that he used to. 
So if I mentioned Trubisky, just don't give him those opportunities. You know, take the middle of the uh, field throws that are there, but I'm not trying to squeeze, you know, balls in that you know you you generally sail at times uh, because that's going to be absolutely paramount in this game. Avoid those dumb turnovers because, like I said, low scoring, you know, just keep your offense moving. And we'll talk a lot more about moving that offense in just this next matchup here. And that matchup is our game breaker of the week. It is Matt Nagy versus Wade Phillips. If you ask me, Matt Nagy has the keys to this car that is the Bears offense. And I think at some points, he just doesn't know, he hasn't at least called the plays that I think that this Bears offense can hum to the most. And we obviously have the talent. And that even stems to Trubisky. He has the talent to make this offense work. We watched it for three straight drives against the Lions. And I know everyone says the Lions are a crappy defense. Well, frankly... I think Mitch fits some, you know, some good balls into really tight windows. So overall, it's the talents there. It's calling these plays that's utilizing the middle of the field. It's calling plays that gets the run game open. It's calling plays that puts the pressure on everyone equally. I think for the beginning of the year, he put a lot of the pressure unequivocally on Mitchell Trubisky. And I think at this point in his career, he's just not at a point that he can do that yet. And frankly, there's very few quarterbacks in the league that can take that burden on their shoulders. You think about Aaron Rodgers. You know, you, you see how Lamar Jackson's been shouldering it so far this year. You think about, and, and even at this point, I don't think Tom Brady even shoulders that load the same way that, you know, a guy like Aaron Rodgers or a lot of your top-tier quarterbacks, Drew Brees, can do. You know, it, it's all about, for you look at the Patriots, it's shared across all the basis of the offense. You know, the offensive line obviously has to give Brady protection because he's not a really mobile quarterback. The running backs have to keep their offense on schedule, and the wide receivers have to run really good routes because, you know, I think Tom Brady still has really good precision accuracy, but you're talking about routes that are going across the middle of the field. You have to be precise with those because you're dealing with linebackers covering the middle of the field, and you have to create enough separation from the corner for Tom Brady to fit the ball in. So that, to me, is an offense that puts the weight of responsibility on everybody in the offense. And I think at the beginning of the year, uh, Matt Nagy kind of put that on Trubisky, and then he tried to put too much of it on himself as a play caller. And then he, I think it's all about putting the responsibility equally on everybody when it comes to the offensive side. So a lot of this, I think, will be calling some runs to keep the offense on schedule. I think it'll be calling some medium to uh, deeper routes when it comes to the offense that, you know, the I don't think teams have seen a whole lot this year. But here's the thing. I don't think we've seen the space a whole lot this year in Nagy's offense because we haven't exactly attacked downfield. When you attack downfield, you're creating more space for yourself. You're creating more pockets in that defense for your offensive players to then, you know, exploit. So if you ask me, it's going to be utilizing the whole field, which is exactly what we talked about when Nagy came in to the the Bears, was that we're finally going to get to see an offense that attacks the entire field. And I think this year we haven't really seen him do that until some pockets of last week's game that I even talked about on the postgame show. You finally saw the Bears, you know, attack the middle of the field, attack the middle of the field, attack the middle of the field. And then they get down to the goal line, and then you have that quick pass to Tariq Cohen, and no one's there because they've attacked the middle of the field, attacked the middle of the field, attacked the middle of the field, go outside. So to me, that's all about what this game is. And Wade Phillips is a very good defensive coordinator. It's going to be a fun battle to see these two try to outwit each other with uh, obviously the the pressure of the Rams team is kind of at this point on its defense, much like the Bears is. 
but all the eyes are on Matt Nagy and all the eyes are on Sean McVay to try to fix their their respective offenses, you know, and there's fingers pointing everywhere on each respective uh, team, fingers pointing at McVay. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Vay for not calling the plays that have been so successful in the past, pointing at Jared Goff, pointing at Todd Gurley in the running game as a whole, and the same thing's doing uh, with the Bears. You know, everyone's looking at Matt Nagy for play calling, Mitch Trubisky for underperforming, a lot of receivers like Anthony Miller, who we traded up for, not performing, you know, and even to this point, they'll look at the numbers for David Montgomery and say, hey, they're not performing, uh, then that looks at the offensive line as a whole. So when it comes to everyone pointing fingers, I think these two bear a lot of weight when it comes to the public spectacle, and it's going to be up to them uh, at the end of the day to figure out what will make their team successful and ultimately what makes this uh, either team walk away with a crucial win that kind of keeps their playoff hopes alive. All right, after that uh, minor monologue, we are going to go to the weekly winning edge where we go through each individual matchup and give a player the edge, uh, which we think uh, is the advantage in the matchup. So backups up Cody Whitehair versus Aaron Donald. I think uh, I think Harry Heastan, at the very least, uh, offensive line coach for the Bears, knows how to, at the very least, shut down one player when it comes to a defensive line. I'm confident that Cody Whitehair, I think he did a really good job chipping last year. Uh, I think he did a really good job helping out James Daniels last year when it came to making sure Aaron Donald was suppressed. And I think overall his scheme will work again. I think the Bears, with Cody Whitehair kind of leading the way, will be able to shut down Aaron Donald. I think that's a pretty big uh, I think that's a pretty good big upset when you look at the matchups on paper. But overall, I do think the Bears can band together on this one. I think they have responded well to adversity when it comes uh, to you know, big players that are supposed to really kind of shut down their running game, shut down their uh, pass blocking ability. I think they've kind of responded to those challenges recently. So I'm going to give this one to Cody Whitehair and the rest of that Bears offensive line. Bears take the matchup lead 1-0. Al Robinson to Jalen Ramsey. I think this is a matchup that Ramsey wins just because I don't think uh, Trubisky is confident at fitting in uh, football to those really tight windows. So I'm going to tie this one up at matchups uh, 1-1. Buster screen to Cooper Cup. I'm going to have to give this one to Cooper Cup. I think uh, overall he's one of the most efficient uh, middle-of-the-field receivers, one of the most efficient slot receivers in the league. I think Buster Screen's been playing really well, but still, I, I really struggle with uh, with giving that one to uh, Buster Screen just because of how good Cup's been this year. Obviously, his stat line tells you a lot, despite the struggles of Jared Goff to this point in the year. Mitchell Trubisky versus Eric Waddle. Uh, for the reasons of avoiding turnovers, I think Trubisky will. I, that's why I give this matchup to Mitchell Trubisky. I think he will avoid these turnovers. I think uh, last week, despite it really only being three drives, I think that has given him some confidence. And I think uh, Trubisky's kind of that guy that plays himself into playing well. So I think this will give him some confidence uh, to at least uh, avoid the turnovers that I'm talking about here, which is why I give him the matchup uh, edge here. And that brings us down uh, to a 2-2 to a tie going down to our game-breaker matchup, and this is really what I think will determine this game. Matt Nagy versus Wade Phillips. 
And even as I'm right, even as I was writing all my notes down, even as I'm going through this podcast, I was going back and forth on this one because I really think it could go either way. And frankly, I think it all goes in the hands of Matt Nagy. I think Wade Phillips is going to be very good no matter what. It's just whether or not Matt Nagy is better. And it just has not been Matt Nagy's year to this point. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong on this one, but I've given this one to Wade Phillips, giving the Rams a 3-2 edge in matchups. Uh, but hope, like I said, hopefully I'm wrong. I think he has the potential. I think he has, in some spurts, called the right place to really attack defenses and really let this offense breathe and uh, thrive. But I'm not sure he's going to be able to do it this week against oh some really good pieces of Los Angeles Rams defense. Uh, much like the Bears uh, in 2018, they were feared in 2019. They're just very good. Um, but overall, I think those pieces can still cause the Bears a lot of problems, and I'm not sure if Nagy's going to be able to exploit them. But that wraps it, up, uh, wraps it up for us here for the Week 11 matchups. Thank you for listening, and hopefully next time we're talking, I was wrong, uh, and the Bears will be 5-5 five and five and poised for a late-season run at the postseason. But until then, bear down Chicago. <laughs>